1: Brian spread. My name is Angelo Ocetta I served in the United States Navy from 2009 to 2013. I was stationed in Lemoore, California, and during my time in Lemoore, California, I witnessed multiple sightings of UFOs. I will start with uh, my sightings in chronological order. They were taking place from November 2011 through October 2012. My first sighting, November 15, 2011, at approximately 11.30 p.m., I was on my watch duty. Walking back towards my post, after walking around the listed buildings. I noticed an object in the sky too slow to be an F-18 Super Hornet, which I'm very familiar with these as I work on them due to my job. I then realized the shape wasn't as a jet, but it had a triangular look to it with lights glowing beneath it. The distance from my point of view to the sighting was at least 500 yards away, moving away from the airstrip, which is only a few miles down the road. To my knowledge, the shape of it, I'd say, was about 3,000 to 5,000 feet above. And the speed was incredible. The shape of it, and the, the I don't know how to describe it. But the, the color, almost as a, as a as a as a metallic metallic kind of dark gray. I, I would I would assume from from what I from what it looked like to me. Uh, my second sighting, December twenty fourth, two thousand eleven, at approximately twenty one hundred hours. Uh, walking back to my car from my barracks, uh, just about to get into my car, I look up to my right. I know it's the same flying object again. This time, much closer than it was before, uh, moving at the same speed. Uh, this time, I, I was basically just mesmerized yet again uh, by it. as a, I got a clean look at it this time uh, with three lights underneath it with one glowing orange in the middle of it. And then, like I said, a blinking of an eye just gone again. Uh, third sighting, February 3rd, 2012, 0200 AM. I'm on my watch duty again. This time, though, I'm with my shipmate. We were walking back towards barrack d he was uh he was the only one who actually witnessed this object with with me at this time and i was i was very happy that i had someone with me to witness it uh we were smoking cigarettes looking up and he noticed it and i and i i explained to him right away this is what i tried to describe to him and uh, we were both stunned mesmerized by it again i know he didn't like talk about it much after that after what, what happened but um it's so it's, it's crazy because the way the way that it, it's it's described and just just the speed of it I mean incredible speed okay it's incredible speed and I, and I know there are other prototypes out there you know United States aircraft you know prototypes that probably have this I guess same shape as aircrafts but it, just the speed is, is, is what gets me uh, my fourth sighting June June 11 2012 at 23 uh, 23 30 basically 11 30 a.m uh, p.m driving on my base from work uh it's a long seven mile stretch road uh, as I'm driving ahead and notice to my left it was there. It was. It was there again. But this this time, it, this time, what, what got me was that at this time there usually flight, flight, um, practice flight missions going on at this time, and the skies were empty. And it's just this one flying object yet again in the sky by itself. So it's it was it, it was crazy again to see at this time again. Uh, very this time very far away from me, but I could tell it wasn't a, an F eighteen you know aircraft again. It was it was this triangular uh, aircraft. And then the last sighting was on October 12, thousand twelve, um, at approximately one a.m. Uh, this time I was on my duty again, wasn't too far away from my barracks, and this time it didn't take too long. I literally just noticed it, and, and in the blink of an eye, it was just gone again. But this aircraft around my around my naval base, I mean, with th- with this many sightings, it, w- it was hard to believe that I'm the only one who always witnessed this, you know. And I didn't. I tried mentioning to one of my superiors above. And I know he just brushed it off as like, oh yeah, were you drinking on duty or something like that. So I already knew that I didn't want to be labeled a crackpot or, or a psycho on on the base. Uh, just for opening my mouth about this stuff. I mean, you know, people believe what they want to believe, but, you know, these eyes saw what they saw, and uh, I'm going to believe it through. And whoever has other theories about it, I listen to all of them with an open mind. And uh, I appreciate you guys for listening to me, and uh, thank you very much.
2: Hey, Ryan. Thank you for inviting me to be on Somewhere in the Skies. My name is Shelley Bianza, and I am an author... A self-publisher, a writer, a... I don't like the word psychic, but I do do readings. I'm pretty much a little bit into everything, quite a bit of things under my belt, but more currently I have begun about two or three years ago running a paranormal group in New York State. We cover all of New York State and try to help residential or commercial businesses or homeowners to understand what's going on in their home when they have ghostly activities or other activities that they don't understand. I really think that with our team, it's important for us to educate people on what we do and educate them on what's really just going on is is often not what they really think, but through our investigations, we're able to generally calm people's nerves down. So that's a good thing to be able to help people. I had an experience in the beginning of January this year where my friend was looking out my living room window and something caught his eye. And when he looked out, he saw two red globes floating over the treetops. And he watched it and it These things, they hovered. He said it really was no higher than what looked like treetop level. And of course, I didn't see that myself. And he stepped out of the room, and I was wondering what that could be. I'm also um, a weather storm chaser on the side. So I was sitting in the living room myself and looking straight out of my window in the living room because all of a sudden this huge, and I do mean huge, I can't even think of a word that's big enough to describe what I was seeing was this huge, red super bright thing, (laughs) I don't know what to call it, this I don't know what to call it, it's like you see this brightness it filled my entire living room window, it was completely bright red, like the brightest LED light tail light you could imagine on a car is that it was that bright and it filled the entire view out my window and it was like I saw it and I knew it wasn't normal but at the same time I couldn't really register logically what I was seeing it just really blew my mind to be honest and it was gone in a split second it was that quick but it was that huge and being that it followed my friend seeing these red globes, I was like, oh my God, what did I just see? What was that? How could that happen? What are they looking for? Was it actually something that looking into my home? You just don't know. So I went online thinking maybe it was some kind of freaky weather anomaly, and I was going on our local news channel weather reports to see if anybody else had reported such a thing and they did this thing or things, these two red globes glowing red globes were seen in different parts of New York State on the same night and then I reached out to one of the ladies that commented on that thread on the weather page on Facebook because she said that her 8 year old son came to her said mommy what are those red balls in the sky and of course she looked and she saw that they were hovering in the sky not very high up but there and I don't know what she ended up telling her son but I did reach out to her after the facts and emailed her privately and asked her a little bit more about it and she said she just didn't know what to tell her child but to me if a The child was eight years old, and there was a little boy. And somebody that young doesn't just make that up out of the blue. I think it was very legitimate. And it proved to be legitimate. Anyways, there were other people in uh, nearby cities. I mean, like, I'm in Fulton County, and these were people from Albany County, New York, all on the same night. So I really knew something happened. And it really got my adrenaline going. It was crazy. I I have no explanation for it at all. But it wasn't the first time I've seen something. I saw something when I was a kid that looked like white circular globes that were like rotating back and forth. My mother saw it, my sister saw it. And again, I always thought it was a weather thing, but there was never any weather anomalies going on. So it's just very strange, but it's also very exciting, and it definitely gets my adrenaline going. I don't even know how to wrap my head around it. I did publish a book called Paranormal Presence, which has some of the UFO stories in it, which is sold on Amazon under Shelly Brienza. I have some other books on there that talk about some other strange things. And the book that particular book paranormal presence is five different authors in it with different experiences so that was pretty cool but ufos definitely are something that i believe in and i often wonder if the theory of calling them in telepathically is something that is real because i'm always looking up in the sky wondering just in case i might see something because you never know. I don't feel like I'm telepathically calling anything in. However, I really believe that there is another um, entire, I don't know, universe or intelligence out there way beyond us just probably checking us out. I mean, if it was the other way around and we knew that there was some kind of life force out there outside of Earth, I think we would want to take a look at it and check it out, too. So it's pretty cool. I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. And I look forward to hearing more stories about something in the sky or somewhere in the sky as this is a worldwide phenomenon going on. But being as it's documented so many times repeatedly, I really feel that there's something to this. If the government is admitting now that this is real, I think that's a pretty good indication that something really is in the skies. Thanks, Ryan. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Hi, Ryan, and all the listeners of Somewhere in the Skies. Fantastic podcast I have listened to myself for many years. My name's Andy, Andy McGrillin, and I'm also the host of That UFO Podcast and pleased to see I'm a, a friend and colleague of Ryan's now as well um, I want to share my own story with you I've meaning to do with Ryan for some time um, I, I've had two sightings, one 2019, I saw a black triangle um, which is probably the least interesting of the one coming home uh, along a dark road in Northumberland in the UK. It was a dark road but it was really busy with traffic around 6pm in the evening so everyone coming home from work and uh, noticed two lights kind of low down in the sky, maybe a couple of hundred feet off the ground at most. It is quite near an airport so I just thought it's just a a plane coming in but it was an odd path given the the runways were further over. Um, But noticed as I drove towards it they hadn't moved when you tend to you know as you get closer they get closer or move or you see them flashing and and stuff like that but it wasn't doing anything and then i noticed that uh, a van a white van had pulled over to the side of the road and the the gentleman driving the van was leaning out and looking up and as i drove underneath the lights at this point realizing that they weren't seeming to be moving um you could clearly make out against the black winter sky uh a black triangular shape and um, the two lights strangely were just at the back of the object and there was nothing on the front and I can honestly say going under it I expected to see the outline of an aircraft or the other lights at the tail or the front but there was nothing, just the two lights on the tip and this thing was completely still uh, I managed to turn the car around um, and as I did, looking in my rear view mirror after a couple of seconds the, the object moved over some trees diagonally, just a, a really strange kind of movement, but you know again you could just make out the, the shape of it, as I turned the car around and went back along the road the, the clearing opens up to a, an expanse of fields where you would have a clear view of the sky um, and given this thing was only a couple of hundred feet at most off the ground you would have been able to see it um, and I couldn't, it was it was gone um, so if those lights had turned off maybe you wouldn't have saw it against the dark sky but the thing was that low down I would have expected to um, that that was my my second and probably least interesting, however my my first one which I find far more interesting would be the one that happened in the mid-90s and I can't be too exact with details it would have been winter um, late October, November time in the mid-90s I would have been about 9 or 10 years old and there was 5 of us leaving what would be the the Boys Brigade which is a bit like the Scouts but uh, based here in the UK And there was uh, myself, my mum, my sister, a friend of mine and his mum all leaving the church where the the BB, as it was called, the boys' brigade, was on. Uh, Again, winter's night, really cold, dark. However, this object wasn't high up in the sky. As we walked along this road you could see down to the right-hand side of the street, you know, half a mile at most, a very built-up suburban area, lots of houses, shops, lights, traffic, it was that kind of area, not fields, you know, really, really busy, this is in Glasgow, Scotland, and as I looked down the street, um, behind the tree line, you couldn't see the bottom of the object, it was that low, imagine a ferris wheel, you would see at a carnival, like a big wheel, as we call them in the UK, or a Ferris wheel, but slightly tilted at an angle, like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but spinning round ridiculously quick like a a washing machine machine cylinder. And I could just make out these lights. I can't say it was definitely disc-shaped, but just given the angle it was at and the fact it was spinning, it seemed that kind of circular disc-type pattern. And we all saw it. We looked along, saw this object, No other cars had stopped, you know, nothing like that. We all remember seeing it. And after kind of standing for no more than a few seconds observing, we just walked home, away from its view, and that was it. Honestly, it was the most spectacular thing clearly I've ever seen. Um, the people I witnessed it still remember it to this day. My my own mum, my own mother, who uh, knows I've got the that UFO podcast and an interest in the UFO subject, has no interest in UFOs, aliens, any of that kind of stuff. However, if you ask her even to this day, she remembers it. She remembers it being strange, but has no idea what it was. That's it. She'll just say, you know, oh, well, it's not aliens, not UFO, not, not a UFO, which it clearly was a UFO. But you know what I mean, listening to this. Um, so yeah. That that really, as much as I had an interest in UFOs, mysteries, and the world over at that point already as a young kid, that kind of spurned me on with a lifelong passion and interest similar to many of you listening to this podcast with Ryan and similar to Ryan with the great work he does over the years through his podcast and, and TV work as well so yeah I'm glad I could finally share my story just sorry it's been so long thank you to Ryan for all the help he's given me over the last couple of years with that UFO podcast as well and I just wish all of you happy holidays wherever you listen to this maybe it's in the future and you know it's no longer the holiday period but when I recorded it it was so thanks very much everyone and thank you Ryan keep up the good
0: Hey Ryan, my name is Josh, and I would like to share an experience that I had. The experience was on Saturday, July 11th, 2020, here in Las Vegas. I'm a Vegas resident, and it happened on East Russell Road near the Sam Boyd Football Stadium. I was walking down Russell Road at about maybe 7.45, 8 o'clock p.m., and as I was walking, I just happened to look up, as I always do, searching for things. And as soon as I popped my head up, I noticed a cylinder in the sky. If I had to estimate, it would probably be at about maybe five, 6,000 feet. I could be wrong. But it was a cylinder with the front portion of it being black and the, the second portion of it being gray, more of a gunmetal color. And it was flying straight up at a good clip and then it stopped made a right turn and probably flew another i would say maybe two three hundred feet and it stopped again and then it either disappeared or it shot off instantaneously because it was gone there was a cloud of smoke and the object was gone so that just blew my mind it lasted probably less than five seconds and it left me with a feeling of disbelief, of extreme curiosity, and of uh, of of wonder, just to what it was. It didn't seem like a conventional craft. It didn't seem like a man-made craft, but it could be. It could be something else too. So that was the beginning, and I kept walking down Russell Road, and I got to the end. And this by this time it was about eight eleven, maybe quarter after eight p.m., and it was still light out. And I noticed above the stadium, this bright pink object that was shaped like a square, maybe a rectangle, but it was not aerodynamic. And it shot straight up in the air from behind the stadium to about maybe a thousand, two thousand feet. And it started making enormous vertical circles and horizontal circles in the sky. It was going really fast. And I don't know how it was flying. It didn't have wings, It didn't, from my perspective, didn't have any means of propulsion. And it looked like a square, like a a block of some sort. And it just kept making these circles. I watched it and recorded it for about maybe two or three minutes. And then as I was recording it, I look off behind the stadium near what I believe is Sunrise Mountain. And I noticed a bunch of sirens and lights coming towards the stadium. So I wasn't sure what that was and what was going on. But I stopped recording and kind of made my way out of there. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, if it's something I should see or something I shouldn't have seen. So I didn't want to be any part of it. And I just ended up going home. Uh, Actually, I went to a friend's house. As far as the way it made me feel, again, it was just utter disbelief. Checking my head to see if I really saw that. Um, What I think it was, I I honestly don't know. I don't know what either of the objects were. My best guess is something top secret man-made or something not of this world. Where do I stand today? I stand by my feelings. Uh, I still don't know what it was. And, you know, we could have come so far in our progress with aerospace technology that it could be something man-made, but it could certainly be something else as well. And uh, it was just a really exciting day for me. Um, I've had another sighting, a pretty cool one since then, which I would be happy to share again at another time. Uh, It was investigated by MUFON recently, and the results were pretty cool. It was on September 14th at 4.55 a.m. here in Las Vegas. This would be West Russell Road this time, as I was walking west to the gym to get an early morning workout. And I noticed a bright light in the sky that was situated roughly right above Nellis Air Force Base. And the thing that stood out to me was that it was not moving, or at least it did not appear to be moving. It certainly wasn't moving left or right. And it wasn't growing in size or shrinking, so I didn't think it was moving towards me or away from me. And I watched it for about 7 to 10 minutes, and it just sat there, pulsing, It appeared to be an orange sphere, Uh, I guess we could call it an orb, very large, and it was just sitting there hanging in the air above the Air Force Base for about 7 to 10 minutes, and I kept watching it, I recorded it, and at the end of the time frame, it went from a pulsing orb to two very small blinking lights in an instant, it just transformed, And then it started very slowly moving away to the west. And it just glided off over the horizon very slowly. And I watched it the entire time. But it remained stationary for about 7 to 10 minutes. And I couldn't hear a sound from it, although it was far away. So it could have been making a sound. But I didn't hear anything directly coming from it. And the interesting thing is the very next two days... I had the exact same sighting of the exact same object, just in slightly different locations with the exact same characteristics. What do I think it was? Um, it could be something man made, perhaps some type of helicopter or hover jet that was able to silently remain stationary for an extended period of time. It could certainly be something else, too. And I sent this sighting into MUFON in the video and they recently had an investigator contact me and he was able to use radar data uh, flight scheduling, flight data and his conclusion was that it was an airplane and that it was flying towards me that's why it did not appear to be moving Um, I'm not sure if I agree with that because the size of the the light did not change at all but I don't have a very well um, extended knowledge of, of flight characteristics, so I could be wrong. But the cool thing was, even though it was a plane, the investigator told me that the only plane that was in the air at that time, at that location, going that direction, was a Janet flight going to air, Area 51 from McCarran. So even if it was an alien, it was still something cool. And I just wanted to share that. I wish you a good day. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye.
4: The Somewhere in the
0: Skies podcast is free to listen to every week. But if you would like to help support the show, we have a very active Patreon page where you give what you think the show is worth. In return, you'll get early access to the main show, bonus episodes, and priority to ask our guests your listener questions. Your support truly makes the show continue and grow. So to learn more and to join, visit patreon.com slash somewhere
2: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance? United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices.
4: Hey, Ryan. It's Kyle from Oregon. Just wanted to share the story. Uh, This happened to me in fourth grade. Uh, I'm 33 now, so this was quite some time ago. Uh, At the time, we lived out of town, so my mom would drive both me and my older brother up to school, and he was in the middle school. I was in elementary school. His classes generally started quite a bit earlier than mine, so we would drop him off at the middle school and take a short trip down the road to the elementary school where me and my mom would kind of sit in the car. She'd read me you know the Animorph books which were amazing for about 30 to 40 minutes before you know school started. Well on this particular day uh, I had realized that nobody was there and I could have literally the entire playground to myself so I you know asked my mom I was like hey I'd like to have some time to play before school starts and she she said yes after some coaxing and so I went into the playground she left and the way the school is set up is you go in through like a gate on the playground and there's a big concrete pad with you know tether balls four square a hopscotch whatever and the school is shaped like a U so in the middle of this U is a giant well not a giant but a, a decent sized grass courtyard and uh the school is you know a single level building but it had like a false peak that had skylights in it so it was a little bit taller and uh while I was playing for a bit, I don't know exactly how long, but I noticed this big rectangle object passing over the school. And I mean, it was right over it. Like, it was barely going to clear the building. It was low enough that fourth grade me could have tossed a, a rock up and hit it. And I remember just being super transfixed on this thing. I had no idea what it was. I had no. I had no guesses in my little brain of what this could be. But I still remember the details on the back of it. I didn't see it from the side. Uh, not At least not to my recollection. But I remember seeing the back. And this thing was pretty big. It was it was as big if not just a little bit bigger than the school was. And I remember just staring at this thing. And, until it cleared the building and I couldn't see it anymore. And being the little genius that I was. I thought, hey, I'm going to get on the swing set and swing. And see if I can see where this thing went. So I... Got on swing set and just started pumping my little legs as hard as I could to see if I could see where this thing went, where it was going, or even if it was still there. And uh, I, I wasn't able to get another another look at it. Unfortunately, after it after it cleared the building, and was out of sight. But uh, everybody that I've told this story to, uh, particularly my older brother, uh, recently actually like a couple of months ago, I was telling him this story because I, I remember telling him the day it happened, and uh he kind of dismissed it because he was a jerk and i was telling him the story because he was asking me like what why am i so interested in the subject like and i told him and he he gave me the whole spiel of you know that was so long ago you could be misremembering and you know human human memories are super fickle like I'll, i'll give him that but important big big moments in your life you tend to remember very vividly and I remember this so incredibly vividly like I'm never gonna forget it it's never gonna it's never gonna dull it's it is always gonna be there crystal clear but yeah that's my story man I hope you like it have a good one I appreciate your time
5: hello greetings my name is Daniel Rogan I am to tell you about three UFOs I saw in uh, 1999 in the daytime, uh, I was with friends and family at the time. We were playing cards, um, just listening to the radio, having fun. When I, I noticed there was a bright flash of light in the living room, um, one of the one of my friends, who's now passed away, went outside, and was was carrying on playing cards. Um, and came back and told me he, he could see a UFO. And I didn't believe him. But he looked at me again and said he could see a UFO. And he looked very serious. So I decided to go and see what he was talking about. And then when I walked out onto the uh, balcony, which was a, a long balcony, it was uh, houses above uh, built above shops. I went out onto the balcony and I looked into the sky. I saw three objects uh, circling each other, and I realised that they were not normal things at sea flying through the sky. I realised that yeah, they were UFOs. So I shouted, and uh, it's like they heard me. uh, They stopped suddenly, and then I started waving and. Waving my arms and shouting, and they started uh, from where they were, which is quite a distance, a couple of miles away. Started to uh, come closer towards us. I've got everybody, like all the rest of the friends and family, out onto the balcony, and there was we could all see, it and they could all was you know baffled what, what they were seeing. And uh, as they got closer, obviously i could see details. uh, one of the objects was like an orb it was it seemed to be like uh, whizzing round the I could see a diamond shaped object I'm going to say diamond it was like also like a diamond it had like crystal diamond effect Uh, it was like a glass reflective crystal also like kind of metallic Perfect, perfect shape, four sided diamond with a piece missing off the middle piece. Um, it reflected the light, it was absolutely amazing. No sound. Anyway, the uh, smaller, smaller object that was seen to be uh, whizzing round this uh, diamond shaped object shot off at uh, such speed. It was like it hit the atmosphere and uh, you know caused like a, a comet effect through the air. Shot off was left. I didn't see that. Didn't see that small object again. But what was left was uh, two objects then, which was the diamond object and an object that was two black triangles with like a bar or piece that was attached to both triangles and it was completely and utterly black even in the sunlight didn't reflect no kind of light it, it stayed in the same kind of position as it was moving through the air totally silent completely black I looked at it... I couldn't quite grasp the shape in my head, the, the how thick it was or, you know, the dimensions of it it, it. it was baffling. Unlike the diamond, which was like a solid, four-sided, you know, kind of... wasn't saucer-shaped, but it was this four-sided diamond shape and it, I got a couple of views of it as it got closer and uh, it, yes uh, it ended up quite close to us less than a 100 feet and it was they were both like moving through the air coming closer a little bit further away coming closer again and it was like as I was like waving I was going you know I, I was Waving and shouting, you know, calling them over, and really excited, and you know, kind of scared as well. Or like realised, you know, this is this, you know, it was fantastic what was going on. I didn't quite understand at the time; it was just happening. I just didn't. I just, I just thought it would be a good idea to see if they would respond, and they did. And it, it, as they got closer, like the, the way they moved, they acted, it was like, animated, it was like, uh, the diamond was kind of reacting to me like, oh, there you are. Like, oh, I didn't see you there. looking like its movements. It was like intelligent. I don't know if that was some kind of a, telepathic communication you know, not 100% sure on stuff like that, but that, that, that's the feeling I got off it, like, um, um, the thoughts that were in my head. It was like, uh, the black thing was completely baffling and yeah. The diamond was really animated. I think half thought yeah, it left. It kind of, they kind of went off. And I thought, oh, that must be it. They must be going, you know, because i I had read um, stories of uh, UFO, you know, encounters in the past and, you know, how they did and stuff. And uh, It's usually you see something in and, and then it's gone. So that, that's what I, I was kind of expecting all the time, that it'd be there for a bit and then, and then it, it'd be gone. But, you know, this was like 20 minutes. That it, uh, this had been going on there. And then I think it kind of, uh, yeah, I think they kind of wandered off somewhere. Um, so I went into the house. I think I was just trying to process it. You know, um, and then one of my friends came, who just died. Came running back into the house, panicking, telling me to, uh, Dan, Dan, you've got to come back outside. And so I went outside. And they were back, and um, then there were some uh, local kids uh, that had been playing uh, below the balcony, They they were on the street kind of thing, beyond the shops, and the dormant object was like less than 50 feet above the heads, descending towards them. And they were jumping up and down underneath it, oh, look all excited, like happy, like they were playing. And uh, and there was a dog there that he was barking up at it. And I panicked. And at the time, you know, I thought, they're oh, going to be abducted." You know, this was like 90s. I'd been watching X Files. You know, I you know I'd you know, read books on UFOs and all that. Time I was, you know, I wanted to be a writer. I want to be a writer. So I I, I was kind of into it. So that's why I I think I can retain the memory where others have kind of forgotten it. And um, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist. But you see there's something, you know, telling us to forget about it or our brain is telling us to forget about it. I'm not too sure about that either. Anyway, yeah, it started to descend um, towards the children. So it's all panicked thinking they were going to be abducted. But I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sure on that either. It just felt like that to me at the time. But it was like, like I say, the dom was like a playful... I felt this playful, not menacing thing from it, really. The black thing, like I say, was just a silent, baffling object. <laughs> I didn't really get anything much from that just the the sh- baffling shape of it uh, and its movement you know it, it kind of just kind of followed the diamond shaped object around <laughs> anyway so I shouted again I shouted to them, like no it was me like I'd called them over in the first place so I, shout, I just was panicking at the time and then the diamond object stopped what he was doing kind of thing and then they both came really close to the balcony towards us. And like everybody kinda of backed off away from me. Who was there, my friends and family. And the diamond object I can't I can't remember at this point where the black triangle objects were. I can't in my memory that I can't see them. But in my memory The diamond then came over me, above me, and I could see underneath it, but it was different to what I could see on the face. And it was like a a dull, kind of glassy, silver, metal colour with the underneath of it. I couldn't see through it or It was not like a crystal effect on it. Still kind of a rainbowy... In tune to me, I suppose. Oh you, sorry. Um, and it started to come down towards me then, and I thought, yeah hey, I'm, I'm all getting kidnapped now." But I kind of stood there, and I was all calm. And then uh, the friend who is now passed away slapped me on the shoulder and said, "What, what are you doing?" And I, I went, I don't, "I don't know." I don't know what I'm doing. And I do I looked, we looked up again and uh, it started to rise back up and then that's when they did leave they both then drifted away then I ran into the house and I looked through the front window which was on the front of the house then and I could see them like travelling off then into the distance and then it was uh, yeah everybody everybody dealing with it I suppose maybe I tried to, phone Coventry Airport for some reason. You know, I was pretty scared. I thought something was going to happen to us because I thought somebody must know what was going on. You know, it was like, in the middle of the day, we're in a city. But where where, where I could see from, it was, where they, where they were was quite secluded from the road, so. But I did, like I say so I found a witness uh, later on. Who was living local? We'd seen it, I think, flying over the house, one of the objects, or, or, or both. Um, uh, the, the local children, are, I just tried to let people get on with their lives. I didn't want to keep. I had to bring it up, obviously, every now and again. <laughs> but I just let the other people get on with their lives. Yeah, let them forget about it. Or do whatever they <clears throat> whatever they wanted. It was up to them. It was their decision. They wanted to f- remember, it, remember being there, but we're not remembering details or completely forgetting. <coughs> that was a uh, that was up to them. That was up to them. So, but I did a uh, uh, one of the, the, the there was one uh, that I think there was a couple of lads that were there. Uh, children and I did uh, bump into one about 10 years later and I uh, I I saw him I thought let's do this so I I asked him I said did you remember seeing that UFO in 1999 and he kind of looked at me shocked and he he said to me I thought that was a dream and I said no no mate it it really happened (laughs) I said it was amazing and you know, I was kind of blown away myself what a boy's answer and uh, I haven't seen any of those uh, those kids really since um, I'm still in contact with, obviously with some of my my family that were there and, you know they remembered some details and they've forgotten others uh, and look a one has died, one has passed away but yeah, they were they were amazing, and they were there for no like, It was nearly an hour, I think, in the end. And they were they were just silent, flying, hovering, zipping about, stopping. One looks like I shot off at tremendous speed. They were amazing. They were absolutely mind blowing. I'm not sure if I, you know, looks like I was into the the phenomenon before this so what I had an um, kind of inkling of what was going on but so yeah that's how I've been able to look on and retain the memory completely Um, other people that was just normal people wasn't interested in really UFOs I suppose so (laughs) you know the brain the moment heals or, or deals with things in different ways and you know like I say I'm not a psychiatrist or, I'm not sure on that it, it could be a, a a device that they're using for people to forget On you know I'm not I'm not an expert on that but it is interesting that because you know I felt like a calming feeling you know I thought that you know I heard these words, like, when they, they got close to me, like, look within you. Well, know if it's my imagination, but I could hear those words. And I'd say the way they moved, it was like they was giving me suggestions, like saying, like, oh, oh there you are, and we didn't realise you were there. You know, maybe that was like sarcasm, some kind of humour, I don't know if that's just me, you know, making that up. After the event, but that's what it felt like at the time. That's my memories of that time. So there were a few, you know, there were a few people there at the time. Uh, it was amazing, amazing sort. The way they moved, it was, it was amazing. It was like they were defying <sighs> gravity. And um, moving with with intelligence uh you know that came across strongly at the time, so yeah, thanks a lot, mate. <sighs>
1: Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from
0: Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing –